0: Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Carrie Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State covering agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: We've really needed moisture in the Texas Panhandle, but when we got it this week, the results were kind of a mixed bag. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: Advancements in technology could help rangers find lost livestock. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today.
4: China has made big progress in meeting its obligations to purchase U.S. farm products under the Phase 1 trade deal. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. As Texas Panhandle farmers transition from summer crops to winter production, the weather this week delivered some record cold and a lot of moisture. James Hunt reports from Amarillo.
2: Our rain, sleet, and snow this week yielded accumulated precipitation in the 1 to 2 inch range for much of the Panhandle, but even at a time when drought has devastated the region, that's not necessarily all good news, as there's concern about late season crop damage, especially for cotton. We'll get more analysis on that in the days ahead, but in the meantime, moisture has been desperately needed by winter wheat growers. Speaking of wheat, Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell tells me the big jump in grain prices recently seems to have boosted interest among local farmers, and Dr. Bell says beyond the prospects for grain, some wheat farmers may find opportunities in forage, where our very dry summer created a void.
5: From the dairy industry, we're really seeing a demand in forage. And in the southwestern panhandle, because of the drought, silage yields, were below average.
2: So when it's time to sell come springtime,
5: I'm hoping that our small grain producers will be sitting in a good position for profitability whether they're looking at forage or grain this year.
2: In Amarillo, James Hunt for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The
1: most recent USDA cattle on feed report showed large placements of cattle into feedlots. In fact, it was 6% higher than a year ago. But that's not the case here in Texas. When you break the report down on a state-by-state basis, our placements were actually lower than a year ago. Here's how the Texas numbers break out. Total cattle and calves on feed, 2.87 million head. That's up 3%. Placement's 450,000 head, that's down 3% from a year ago. Feedlot's marketed 415,000 head during September, that's up 6% from 2019. Advances in technology could help farmers find lost livestock. Jessica Domal tells how.
3: Specialized tags and thermal imaging can help ranchers find lost cattle using a drone. Dr. Megan Clayton, a range specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, recently discussed how drones may be used on the ranch in a webinar hosted by the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. She said there are a few ways that ranchers may be able to use a drone to find
6: their cattle. If that cow's got like an RFD tag or a reader with this radio frequency ID microchip, it can find it. And a lot of these, although they're not readily on the market right now, boast that they have receivers that can find cattle up to a couple of miles. So you can imagine that if we were able to mount this receiver onto a drone, it could definitely fly around our area and get close enough to pick up some of these livestock.
3: Many RFID tags currently on the market must be scanned within a couple of feet. As technology improves, their range is expected to improve as well.
6: There are other specialized tags that may be used with a drone as well. One that I found is from a quantifiedag.com. They have a two-mile radius and a reader on them, so there might be some technology already out there on the market. It's probably in the preliminary stages, but they might be available for use with drones. Some drones come with or can be equipped with a thermal camera. What we found is with thermal, we are able to pick up livestock, especially underneath vegetation, which is incredibly important down here in the brush country. So if you've got any kind of coverage on your land, then thermal might be a good option for you for locating the cattle.
3: Dr. Clayton warned that sometimes in the Texas heat, using a thermal camera on a drone may be difficult, as it may be hard to distinguish
6: between a hot spot on the ground and a cow. So very important that we consider the weather in addition to this, but thermal is definitely something that I think can be very useful for locating our cattle later on.
3: All drones that weigh more than half a pound must be registered with the FAA. And if you plan on using a drone for the farmer ranch, you may
6: need a license if you're flying on your own property your own cattle which hopefully are a business then you are flying for a business you're flying commercially if you're checking waters for your cattle or feeders for your deer and you lease your land for wildlife then you would need to have a license in order to fly actually you could get a license the part 107 Or you can get a certificate of waiver, but they're very expensive and there's very few that are granted. So I highly suggest just going for the license. And all that means is you're going to have to study, probably get a course online that'll take you through all the material. The most difficult parts to me were uh, airspace charting and weather, believe it or not, was kind of tricky. After you do that. You'll take the test at a certified testing center, so you'll have to look up online which one's closest to you, Um, and of course you need to be 16 years of age. Drone operators are not
3: allowed to fly the craft outside of their line of sight and must always yield right-of-way to manned aircraft. Other local rules, like no flying over baseball fields, may also apply. Today's comments were from Dr. Megan Clayton with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domewool.
1: China has made big progress in meeting their obligations to purchase U.S. farm products under the Phase 1 trade deal. Gary Joyner has more from Waco.
4: U.S. officials recently issued a progress report on the agricultural provisions of the U.S.-China Phase I Economic and Trade Agreement. The agreement went into force eight months ago. Structural barriers are being addressed. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative and the U.S. Department of Agriculture report China has implemented at least 50 of the 57 technical commitments under the agreement. China has also substantially ramped up its purchases of U.S. agricultural products. China has purchased over $23 billion in agricultural products. That figure represents about 71% of its target under the Phase I agreement. Sales of U.S. corn to China are at an all-time high of 8.7 million tons. U.S. soybean sales for marketing year 2021 are off to the strongest start in history, with outstanding sales to China doubling 2017 levels. U.S. exports of sorghum to China from January to August totaled $617 million. That's up from $561 million for the same period in 2017. U.S. pork exports to China hit an all-time record in just the first five months of 2020. And U.S. beef and beef product exports to China through August are already more than triple the total for 2017. Other products are benefiting as well. Sales of pet food, alfalfa hay, pecans, peanuts, and prepared foods are expected to hit record or near record levels. Texas farmers and ranchers are ready to help produce the products to fulfill these increased market opportunities. China was our second largest market not long ago. Bringing China back as a sizable market for U.S. agriculture is critical to the economic sustainability of America's farmers and ranchers. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
1: The Environmental Protection Agency has announced the registration of three dicamba herbicides. Michael Clements has more from Washington. Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Andrew Wheeler, joined by American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall, announced a five-year approval of three dicamba herbicides this week. AFBF Congressional Relations Director Allison Crittenden says the announcement provides farmers certainty in product availability.
5: The announcement this week means that EPA is reaffirming its commitment to dicamba for the next five years. Ultimately, this means farmers have certainty for the next five years that dicamba will be available to them and they'll understand clearly the parameters in which to use it.
1: Crittenden says the new registration does have some changes farmers need to know about, including required use of a volatility agent for over-the-top applications.
5: The new registration does require a downwind buffer of 240 feet and 310 feet in areas where the listed species is located. It prohibits over-the-top application on soybeans after June 30th and cotton after July 30th. Importantly, it also simplifies the label and use directions so growers can easily determine when they should apply dicamba and how they should do it.
1: Crittenden calls dicamba an important tool for farmers.
5: Not every farm faces the same challenges. The farmers need options to make the best decisions. There are some weeds that existing products on the market maybe aren't as efficient in dealing with, so it's important farmers that encounter some of these different weed challenges have a product on the market they can use to help them solve those problems. Michael Clements, Washington
3: quail hunting season kicks off in texas saturday i'm jessica domel and i'll have that story coming up on texas ag today
1: keeping livestock vaccines cold is critical to a successful vaccination program texas veterinarian dr bob judd will have more on that coming up next right here on texas ag today
3: After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery.
2: Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation.
0: We're keeping you informed
1: on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Keeping livestock vaccines cold is critical to a successful vaccination program. Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at this often
7: overlooked issue. Many folks use an old used refrigerator for storing vaccines, and it is probably not worth taking a chance on an old refrigerator to do this job. Although you may feel inside the refrigerator and it is cold enough to keep drinks cold, that does not indicate vaccines are being maintained at the proper temperature. If you have a large operation, you may be storing thousands of dollars of vaccine from time to time in the refrigerator. And if the refrigerator stops working correctly, you will lose much more than the cost of a new refrigerator. However, the most likely problem is that the refrigerator is still working, so you believe the vaccine is being stored properly, and yet the vaccine gets too warm or freezes, and both can make the vaccine ineffective. Many of these older refrigerators have old or dirty cooling systems and cannot recover the temperature quickly once the door is open. Also, some of these old units have doors that do not seal well. For this reason, Dr. Emmanuel Rollin from the University of Georgia recommends using a wireless temperature monitor that will record high and low temperatures and will document a log indicating the temperatures at different times of the day. If the refrigerator is not doing the job, you not only lose the cost of the vaccine, but even worse, is using ineffective vaccine. If you do not know the refrigerator is not cooling correctly or if the vaccine was frozen, the vaccine is likely ineffective and will not protect against the diseases you are trying to prevent. If this occurs, the loss could be much greater, so make sure to monitor your vaccine refrigerator's internal temperature. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Quail season opens up this
1: weekend. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report.
3: Bagging a quail this season may require a little persistence. John McLaughlin, West Texas Quail Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more.
8: Stick at it. Usually I'll find quail along the roads in the morning in more open areas out feeding. The sun's coming up in that first hour. But as the day progresses, late morning, early afternoon, birds tend to be covered up under large shrub or woody vegetations. Make sure that you're covering the landscape and not just focusing on one area in particular. It doesn't need to be done by lunchtime. You can just continue to walk around all day, and usually you can find birds. You just put in the miles.
3: According to TPWD surveys, quail populations may be smaller in some areas than in previous years. South Texas and the Rolling Plains are expected to have the highest populations of bobwhite quail. Quail hunting season in Texas runs October 31st through February 28th. This year's bag limit is 15 birds in aggregate.
8: If you're in an area where there's bob whites and, and scale quail, Between those two, you can shoot 15. Now, if you were in an area where you're getting into gambles, exclusively you could shoot up to 15 gambles. So it just depends on how the collection comes together. But you can have 15 birds in a day and 45 birds in possession. So at your house or wherever you are, if you shoot your limit of 15 birds each day, you can't have more than 45 at any given time in possession.
3: Quail hunters are required to have a valid Texas hunting license and an upland game bird endorsement. Hunters born on or after September 2, 1971, must have completed a hunter safety education course or have an approved deferral. Again, today's comments were from John McLaughlin at the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. For more on this year's quail hunting season, visit OutdoorAnnual.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. Cattle
1: futures wrapped up the week mostly higher, especially in the feeder cattle market. But the cotton market had quite a pullback at the end of the week. We finished sharply lower. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to oli.org for info.
0: We're giving you the market information you need
1: on Texas Ag Today. We saw a very good recovery in the cattle futures market and wrapped things up on Friday on a very positive note. We closed higher in both live and feeder cattle futures. Live cattle were slightly higher, but the feeders took a nice jump on Friday. December live cattle up 32 cents, closing the week at 108.30. February live cattle up to 11040. Feeder cattle, as I mentioned, seeing big gains, triple digit gains with the November contract up a $1.67, 13740. January feeders up 277, 13412. March feeder cattle up 255 at 13352. Cash fed cattle trade. Well, we saw 106 on most of our fed cattle sales in Texas and Kansas. Up north, they sold cattle at 104 on a live basis, 162 dressed. Boxed beef prices higher. Choice up a dollar, 208.32. Select up 310, 194.33. Let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions now. Jordan Cattle Auction, San Saba, Texas. Sold 3,073 head. The trend was steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, a dollar fifty to a a pound. Three to four hundred pounders, a dollar fifty to a dollar Four to five weight steers, a dollar thirty-five to a dollar sixty-five. Five to six hundred pounders, a dollar to a Six to seven weights, a dollar to a thirty-four. With the heavy seven-eight weight steers bringing a dollar to a dollar a pound. Slaughter cows, twenty to sixty-two cents. Slaughter bulls, sixty-two to eighty-four. Stocker cows, five hundred to eleven fifty a head. Grossback Auction and Livestock in Grossback, Texas, 969 heads sold. The trend steady to higher. Three-to-four-weight steers, $1.25 to $1.55. Four-to-500-pounders, $1.25 to $1.48. Five-to-six weights, $1.10 to $1.40. Six-to-700-pound steers, $1.00 to one55 4 to 500 pounders one25 to one48 5 to 6 weights one10 to one40 6 to 700 pounds steers dollar $1. to one25 a pound. Slaughter cows, 25-to-61 cents. Slaughter bulls sixty eight to seventy five. Stocker cows range from seven hundred to one thousand dollars ahead. Back over to the futures market now where Lean Hogs close the week on a lower note December down five cents, sixty five fifty seven. February lean hogs down five at sixty five fifty five. November class three milk up sixty cents, twenty three eighty eight a hundred weight. The cotton market finally ran out of steam. The last few trading days of the week saw the market dropping sharply, despite the fact that we've had all the weather issues. Of course, all the freezing ice snow out in the panhandle on that crop. We've had Hurricane Zeta moving through the mid-south and the southeast, but the market just finally had enough and dropped back lower. Also, we're looking at a fairly good six to 10 day outlook coming up. So that means farmers should be able to get back into the fields over the next week to two weeks and get a lot of this remaining crop out of the field. We close with the December cotton contract down 90 points, 68.92. The March down 102 points, 69.78. Kansas City wheat finishing slightly lower. December wheat down three quarters, 541 and a quarter. New crop July wheat down one and a quarter, five fifty-eight and a quarter. Not a lot of movement in the corn market. December corn was unchanged, wrapping up Friday at 398 and a half. The energy markets mixed with December natural gas up five cents, 335, December crude oil down 53 at 35.64 a barrel. The financial markets lower, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 400 points, 26,258. The NASDAQ down 327, 10,858. The S&P 500 down 63 at 3,246. Well, that is a look at the markets. That wraps up yet another episode of Texas Ag Today. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate you listening. And don't forget, we're always here for you every single weekday to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks
0: for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts.